0: You know what? There is a riddle called the Three Aliens Riddle. Do you know this riddle? I don't. I, okay. So there's a great bit in the film where she's trying to crack what the circles mean and everything. And it reminds me of the Three Aliens Riddle. So is this
1: th- where you have to send one alien across a river on no. a boat? No, 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 the Otherwise will no, 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 no,
0: no. the second. No, the, <laughs> the, 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 riddle, the riddle, it's supposed to be one of the, the most difficult riddles ever made. The riddle works like this. You've crash landed on a planet. There are three alien lords. One's called T, who always tells the truth. One's called F, who always lies. And one's called R, who answers randomly. Okay? And they they won't help you fix your spaceship unless you appease them. And to appease them, you've got three artifacts. One is meant for R, one is meant for T, one is meant for F. So you've got to give the right artifact to the right one. Sure. Ha- and you've deciphered enough of their language to ask them questions. But all they will respond with is... Ozu and Ulu, but you don't know if Ozu means yes or Ulu means yes, and you don't know which one means no. So how do you find out who's T, who's R, and who's F? Hello, and welcome to the Story Toolkit. I'm Basim El Wakil, co author of Action, The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee, and joining me is Luke Lionel, writer and part of the McKee Storylog team. So, today we're going to talk about Arrival.
1: Yes, and if you want to get in touch, um, and thank you to people who have been getting in touch, by the way, but if you do want to get in touch um, at the Story Toolkit on Twitter and the StoryToolkit.wordpress.com is the website where you can email us direct, and there's all the episodes on there. And you were looking at me whilst I was clearly having a mind blank on what our Twitter was. I was having a mind blank. I wasn't looking at you. Excellent. Double mind blank. Okay. Let's hit it.
0: I'm glad you told them. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, where were we? Oh yeah, Arrival. Um, It is a sci-fi film made of science fiction. Yes. Uh, So I finally saw Arrival um, after being told to see it. Everyone pretty much likes it. um, Except, I think, Colleen doesn't like it she told me on twitter i think she's pretty much the only one who didn't like it
1: oh i thought she had told us
0: to watch it because it was good no i think she wanted us to watch it because she didn't like it okay i think everyone else does like it so she wanted a um validation probably or something and uh, spoilers yeah i'm with her on this uh so i hang re-
1: on that's slightly disingenuous it
0: is slightly disingenuous but you know, gotta start with clickbait oh, shit. um no, actually, is I. Is
1: Arrival the worst sci fi movie of all time? <laughs> Click here to find out.
0: <laughs> no, I actually really liked it. Um, Same. I but really enjoyed it. I don't think it's good. <laughs> uh, I just don't. I, I did really, are really enjoy incongruous it. Incongruous thoughts. No, they're fine. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's the kind of stuff I really like watching. I was kind of captivated by it. I thought it was really good. Um, it is, however, not a good film. Um, it it doesn't work. Can um, I
1: can I just offer a, a, a slight rewording of your point? Yes, so it's not a good film, but we'll get into bits where you outline actually there's certain bits that do work uh, mm. and are very good, like direction, etc. Yeah. So it's not a good story. Yeah. Is that okay, a better way phrase Yeah. If
0: you want to phrase it that way, it's not a good story. Okay. Um. So um. Yeah. So I mean, I, I it's the kind of you know it's just one of those things. It's the kind of stuff and subject matter that I really love. It was done very well, but fundamentally, it's it's not a particularly <clears throat> compelling uh, story. So basically, the, the, the we're going to get into spoilers now. Um, so the film... Uh, oh, by the way, I, when I when people talked about Arrival, I was always wondering, you know, this must be pretty good because no one's spoiling it. And people seem to be really reserved about how they talk about it. Yeah so I was thinking like oh wow that must mean people respected enough that they don't want to spoil or give anything away and after watching the film I realised actually it's because there's kind of nothing to give away um,
1: I would disagree what, what's that? I would have felt but bit, we're going to go to spoilers
0: now right Yeah. so yeah. we're presuming either you don't care or you've seen it go on
1: I would argue I know so you you will Argue the other way. I would argue that it, if, if it had been spoiled, that time is cyclical and what you yes. see at the beginning yes. has not already happened, that I would have um, enjoyed the movie less. I enjoyed the twist. You're quite right.
0: You're quite right. Um, that's true. The cyclical thing is something that would spoil, Would you, I would call, yeah, spoiler. Um, but I was more thinking no one spoils anything to do with the aliens. Um, the heptapods or anything like that. Nothing about the, the how they look, how they communicate was in the trailers, and no one brought any of it up. Um, and I thought they were pretty cool, but um, it's it, it. I mean, really, to, what other than time is cyclical? There's really nothing to give away. It's fair, um, and that's why I feel like I realized. I think that's pretty much why. There's not much to talk about because even if you say well time is cyclical it doesn't really mean much unless you explain how time is cyclical and then it boils down to uh, well at the beginning you think you saw the past when in fact you're watching the future and that's it really and that's the substance of the film so let me do a synopsis quickly and then I'll explain why I think that's a problem so The synopsis is it opens with um, Amy Adams' character and she's having these memories and what you see is you see her give birth uh, with her daughter and she raises her daughter and then it turns out her daughter has this very rare disease, uh, cancer of some sort, leukemia of some sort and uh, the daughter passes away and then she goes to teach and she's some sort of linguist She goes to teach, and that's when the aliens arrive. And the aliens arrive in these giant, sort of, flat, spherical, well, elliptical obelisks in the sky, and they're just hovering above the the ground. Space eggs. Space, well, yeah, okay, space eggs. Space (laughs) men here. And they're just, uh, and it's really cool and ominous, and um, the music's pretty good, although... There's two bits of music in this film. There's the boar, boar music, which is really good. Very subtle, very nice. Then there's the hum, 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 these voices just going nam, 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 like that. And I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, so the music, I, I on the one hand, I was like, I love this music. And then there's the stupid music. I'm like, why are you doing this? Why would you put this ridiculous? Anyway, so music.
1: Fifth, so music. music music's going in the what? bad column. Half of well, no, twenty-five
0: percent of it can, and the seventy-five okay. percent that was great can stay. Uh most, thankfully most of the music isn't distracting. But at, um uh so these aliens show up in these pods, and Amy Adams character gets uh involved. She's very despondent and stuff, and um and she she gets involved because she's this expert linguist. There's 12 of these pods across the planet. And so there's one in Montana, and no one knows why these 12 pods are where they are. Um, everyone gets, so they, they kind of set up a thing with 12, across the world, 12 bases, each government's communicating with each other. She's brought in, and she goes up to meet the aliens, and they are what's called heptapods, because they are kind of octopuses, but with seven legs, so they're heptapods. And um, they talk, their, their legs have like a star-like finger situation thing and they put it on the glass and they can speak they speak with growls and mumbles and she goes up to them and realizes look we have to see if they have a visual communication because even if we decipher their language we can't speak their language because you know the voices don't work the same way so she writes down on a whiteboard human and steps in front of them and says human and points at herself and then they respond by putting these star things on the wall and spreading ink as it were sort of cloudy ink across the glass, and they create these circles that have little blobs in the circles, and that's how they speak visually. And so from that, they start getting different visual blobs from them, and they try to decode their language from that. And as they're doing that, the other sites are doing similar things, and the Chinese, uh, and I think the Russians, um, they get a message back from their alien pod That says, use weapon, offer weapon. Okay? Sorry, no. The Americans, Amy Adams, gets offer weapon. The Chinese and Russians get a similar message that says, use weapon. She's trying to explain they don't know what that actually means if they're offering to give us a weapon or if they want us to give them a weapon. Also, we're not sure if they mean weapon or tool because the Chinese have been teaching them language but only through games, uh, through Mahjong. And she said, imagine if I only taught you some, taught you a language through chess, everything is about combat, right, and conflict. Yeah. So it's possible the word weapon might also mean tool, but they don't have our vocabulary. We don't have their vocabulary to know the difference. So, But everyone starts panicking, gets worried. Uh, people are going to destroy the um, the pods. The American soldiers get scared, so the soldiers go rogue and try to blow up the pod. They don't succeed. Um... Uh, but the explosion goes off but the aliens save Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner and then they go back in uh, a- Amy Adams goes back in and tries to talk to them at the last moment and they leave this crazy pattern of just loads and loads of circles and she uh, runs out, she's trying to decode it and Jeremy Renner's character as a scientist realises that if you look at it in terms of uh, uh, what's, what's writing and what is just negative space, the the fraction is essentially 1 in 12. And she's like, okay. And then she runs back out and sees them by herself and they basically tell her to use um, the weapon that she already has, that they already gave it to her, and that the weapon opens time. And what's been happening is Amy Adams has been having all these flashbacks to her dead daughter and her life with her daughter. And this is when you discover that actually these aren't flashbacks. These are her remembering the future because the alien language is cyclical, that's why it's in circles and they can see the future and the past, they're non-linear and so as a result, Amy Adams has been having visions of her future child who will die from this blood disease and her husband it turns out will be Jeremy Renner and so she's seeing into the future and they're saying you've got to use this this thing to solve this problem so the uh, every other cult, every country, including America, has shut communications. They're all going to blow up the aliens because they've decided, you know, the aliens are dangerous, and they have to all prepare. As soon as one of them fires, everyone else has to prepare for retaliation. So as soon as any one of them, like the Chinese, decide to blow it up, it doesn't matter what the Americans want to do; they've got to attack too before they get a retaliation strike. And so Amy Adams is trying to, like, what? How? You know, how do I solve this? And then she has a vision of the future, and her vision of the future is the Chinese general coming up to her and saying, I had to meet you in person because you called me on my private phone line and changed my mind, something no one else had ever done. She goes, how did I get your number? And he just shows her the number on his phone. And then he says, this is what you told me. And because she's in the remembering the future and time is cyclical and the language has changed her mind so she can see through time, she then says the things that he told her to her, him now in the present that causes him to change his mind, so he takes the weapons away. Because he turns off the weapons and says, uh, we're not going to fight them, everyone else calms down, everyone else pulls the weapons away. The aliens then disappear, because now they, they have the, the, the technology. And the whole point of the aliens, what they want to do is they're trying to get humanity to use this weapon, this time thing, so that in 3,000 years, they can help the aliens. We don't know why the aliens just said, in 3,000 years, we help humanity, so in 3,000 years, humanity helps us, right? Right? And then they disappear. And then Amy Adams uh, is sort of having her visions of the future. And she decides that she's going to be with Jeremy Renner and have the child, knowing that that decision she ultimately tells Jeremy Renner, which causes him to leave her, and that her child will die of this disease. But she still decides to do it anyway. And that's the film. Okay. Right? I think that's right. That's right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you can kind of see it doesn't
1: work. (laughs) <laughs> right? It kind of just doesn't... I, d- I don't think it's immediately obvious because when you said, when we started talking about this and you said it doesn't work, yeah. I couldn't quite work out why. And, and of now? course, then you told me the right answer and of course, I agree with you <laughs> unreservedly. Okay. Um, so- no, I may disagree with you on certain points, I yeah. mean, but that may just be me trying to defend something I really enjoyed.
0: I really liked it. I really liked it. I still like talking about it. I'm like, that was really cool. I enjoyed it. It's just not very well, good. <laughs> it's, it's just that like I really liked it. But in the synopsis that I just gave, what do you think is the big problem with that?
1: Well, I know the answer because you've given me ultimate knowledge. Oh, I,
0: I'm, oh I'm the heptapod. <laughs> just the giving heptapod. you, you know, I thought uh, something just now, I thought you meant something clicked.
1: Oh, just now something. Close. Yeah, I thought that's what you meant. No, mean. no. Oh, okay.
0: Fine. Okay, so I said before that the substance is the problem. Essentially, what is what is this film about? Well, the aliens don't do anything. We don't know why they need to save them in 3,000 years. Um, we don't know how the technology they gave humanity is going to do anything for humanity. Um, they leave and essentially the world returns to normal, as far as we can tell. We have no idea what's happening. Plus... Amy Adams chooses to have a kid with Jeremy Renner, and is that what the,
1: like the kid isn't the kid isn't what's the stake of the story or anything? So it's funny when when watching the movie, the only problem yeah I had um, that I I didn't think oh that's a problem it just something mm. niggled at the time and I just didn't think about it too much. Well, she makes that big decision at the end. Like, would you? Yeah. Knowing that this is how it's going to pan out, would you do it? Yeah. And she ultimately decides, yes, because I get 15 years with my yeah. daughter before right. she dies, right? Um, but when she makes that choice, I suddenly thought, oh, okay, so that's what the movie's about?
0: Right. Yeah. Is that what the movie's about? Yeah. And you Whereas
1: get- uh, up until then, you get the sense you get a sense that humanity's at stake. Then when yeah. you unpick it, you... you yeah, or you discover realize, actually it's not. But. Yeah,
0: cuz as you're pushing forward thinking what what do the aliens want? What does this mean for humanity, etc., when the answer comes out and it just it just poofs, it just goes. So you immediately look for what is this film actually about? And then they yeah. go the kid, and you go that's not enough of an answer. And it's very emotionless. It's just so there's no substance to it. You don't there's nothing there. And fundamentally the film is two different ideas one idea is how do you talk to aliens? Who see, how do you talk to aliens, right? And they create a wonderful alien that we can decipher from that right?
1: best best bit of the movie. Yeah, definitely, I love that stuff. And that I mean that's throughout the movie. I don't yeah. think, like the best scene. The it's whole the whole way movie. they talk yeah. about the language is beautiful. Right,
0: and the other thing is, if you had the opportunity, if if you knew that your what would happen to your child in the future, and they would die from this, would you still do it? Is the second one. Right? And the way they link them is through the nonlinear language of yeah. the aliens, right? But they're not actually linked in any sort of thematic way, really, or causally. There's no real logical link between those two ideas. Um, they're just well, both there. They're, they're linked mechanically,
1: as it were, but they're not linked emotionally. She can only make that choice once the twist in the movie has happened. And the yes. twist in the movie happens. 20 minutes, 15 minutes yes. before she makes that decision. So right. there's no momentum built up to her making that decision. Yep, which that's is why, true. Which is why you go,
0: oh, that's yeah. what
1: the movie's about? Okay, fine. As yeah. opposed to, oh my God, she's got to choose.
0: But if they, say like, let's say like they did that earlier.
1: Reveal that it's... Sick. Yeah,
0: and so she's got that choice. So as she's dealing with the alien, she's also deciding whether or not she should spend be with Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Okay. Th- how are those two storylines linked? Imagine this film's cutting between those two moments. Yeah. You'd just be sort of... You'd be annoyed.
1: Well, the... Right? The trouble is one's this huge external story, and yeah. the other one is this hugely internal story. And
0: also, wouldn't you expect that the kid is somehow the key to saving the aliens or something? Yeah. Right? And you expect that somehow the kids and the aliens are related, like she's the chosen one. You you Immediately, your mind is going to start trying to draw links between these two storylines. And there isn't one. The only link is the mechanism by which she's allowed to have future knowledge of her kid. But you don't need aliens for that. You could, right? You just don't. You could have any sort of precognitive thing. What do the aliens have to do with this thing? then they don't have anything to do with it. And the aliens, that whole alien thing... I mean, the other thing that's kind of frustrating is they're not real. It's a really interesting puzzle, but it's nothing real. These aliens don't exist. This isn't a thing that happened in reality. (laughs) They invented a really difficult puzzle... And they went, how would you solve it? And fundamentally, that's what this film is. This film
1: is a thought experiment. It's not a story. I was going to start pushing in this direction. So let's get into this. It's
0: a thought experiment. It's how would you crack an alien civilization's language? What would you do if you had this knowledge? All right? And it ends, this film is just two different thought experiments that are very sort of tangentially linked. And you know what? There is a riddle called the three aliens riddle. Do you know this riddle? I don't. I, okay. So there's a great bit in the film where she's trying to crack what the circles mean and everything and it reminds me of the three aliens riddle. So is this
1: th- where you have to send one alien across a river no. on a boat. No, 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 otherwise no. Otherwise
0: it meet the second. No, the 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 riddle the riddle it's supposed to be one of the, the most difficult riddles ever made. The riddle works like this. You've crash landed on a planet. There are three alien lords. One's called T who always tells the truth. One's called F, who always lies. And one's called R, who answers randomly. Okay? And they, they won't help you fix your spaceship unless you appease them. And to appease them, you've got three artifacts. One is meant for R, one is meant for T, one is meant for F. So you've got to give the right artifact to the right one. Sure. Ha- and you've deciphered enough of their language to ask them questions, but all they will respond with is Ozu and Ulu but you don't know if Ozu means yes or Ulu means yes and you don't know which one means no so how do you find out who's T who's R and who's F bearing in mind you can only ask them yes no questions you know olo and you U, U, Ozo and Ulu are the two answers but you don't know which one's yes and you don't know which one's no
1: I'm going to lay it out here you've asked the dumbest person in the room <laughs>
0: this actually this riddle is actually really good to illustrate a point later about okay. intrigue okay uh is because it- your response your response by the way is my response to this riddle it is the most perfect response to illustrate my point going forward okay so we're going to get back to this okay so do you want me to give you the answer to the riddle the uh, basic pr- how you work this i'm thing
1: assume out. It, it sounds similar but harder to the um uh, to the two dorm in right? Uh, absolutely. So you ask one of them if the other one, right? Well, it's something to do you, with that. Yeah, you
0: structure the the question so that no matter what answer is given, you learn something. Yeah. So in this one, the big problem is R. You don't know which one's random. Yeah. So you ask. So for example, if you asked any of those three, you'd say, "What would the guy to your left? Uh, if if I said to the guy to your to your left, two plus two equals four, would he answer?" Ozo, okay and the fact is if the person you're asking is r then the answer's meaningless right but if he's telling the truth right the person uh if go if he's if he's if he's t would he and i said two plus two plus four would he answer ozu he will answer ozu but if he's the liar he will also answer ozu because the guy he would say ulu if you asked him the question so actually mm. he's got to say ozu similarly if they say ulu it's the other way around. So you don't know if Ozo or Ulu means yes or no, but what you do know is whether or not that person is lying or not. Yeah. Okay. So the idea is your first question is directed to any alien, and it doesn't matter what they answer. If they answer, you basically say, "If I are, if I were to ask, uh, if the person to your left is T, would you answer Ozo?" Right. The person you're asking if he's R, great that's R. He's out the way. Because you've got to to ask a question of someone who isn't R, right? So if he's R, whatever. But if he's not R, then the person you're asking is either R or he's he's T, right? So if he's Ozu, that means he's R or he's T. If he's F and so on. So you know that you can either ask the guy to the left or the right. If he answers Ozu, you can ask the guy to the right. If he answers Ulu, you can ask the other guy you didn't ask about. Because then you know either way they're not R is the point. Because... Even if the guy you're asking is R, then that means they're not R. And then once you've got that, then you've got the, hey, I know if you're, it doesn't matter if you're telling the truth or lying, because I cannot make you ask someone else and that will answer you. So that's how the the logic thing goes, right? And then you can get away with it. So anyway, (laughs) that's essentially this film, right? Because even at the end of this um, riddle, you know who's T, who's R, and who's F. And you can give them the right artifacts. You still don't know what Ozo and Ulu mean right even though you've worked out who's who you still don't know what those two words mean so um this is very similar (laughs) to arrival it reminded me of that it's like how do you crack this language how do you sort this thing out how do you get the information you need from them while you do this and i was watching i'm like this is really cool how they're solving this problem and all that stuff but it's it's just a thought experiment how do you talk to these aliens right And the reason is because nothing's really at stake. You think there's something at stake. As you're watching the story, you're trying to work out what's at stake. You're trying to work out why are they here, right? The whole story is built on if the aliens are here for purpose X, right, that will then create the spine of action that will in turn tell you what's at stake in the story, right? So if they're here to kill us, right, that means life or death is at stake. The humans want to stop them from killing us. If they're here to give us, say, technology and make us better people and so on, then what's at stake here is our humanity, and what we want is to be more human, come to know more things and so on, right? So what is it that they want is key to understanding what this story is about. So you're watching the story going, as soon as I know what they want, the rest of the story retroactively will make sense. Yes. Okay? And going forward from that point, it will now... Uh, it'll focus and you'll understand what the spine of action is and so on so the whole film she's trying to communicate with them why we're waiting we're waiting we're waiting answer is we want you to help us later and you go there was nothing at stake really it wasn't humanity's at war that's not at stake they were never going to fight us Uh, humanity's going to fight amongst itself that's never at stake they're trying to kill us not at stake none of these things are at stake what's really at stake are the aliens' lives if we attack them in the 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 future and if we attack them but then at the same time we don't know what the ships can do so I presume the attacks wouldn't hurt them so what's at stake and you go nothing is and so the whole film just goes once the answer's given and that's And it's satisfying I mean it's actually Intellectually satisfying Because it's a cool puzzle
1: Yeah But it's It's just not a story Which comes back to your point That this is A great thought experiment Yes Not a story Yeah
0: and it's the same for Just written smaller But it's the same for Amy Adams choice Which would you do Yeah It's like oh she'd do this Okay but you don't feel Anything from it There's nothing at stake uh, If she chooses not to have it So what if She does have it So what Yeah there's nothing at stake. Nothing really matters one way or the other. And so it just goes poof again. So it, it goes poof on the aliens. Then you look at the, uh, her choices, trying to find some meaning in the film, and that goes poof as well. And you go, huh. And that's it. And it's satisfying because it's, it makes sense. Yeah. It's consistent. It's intelligent. It's very well done. I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. But ultimately, it's really vapid. It's just empty of really any substance.
1: For what it's worth. Yes. I think um, uh, that it is <laughs> exceptionally well made, Vapid.
0: I would totally watch it again. Um, yeah. I actually, I really liked it. I it's really my... liked it. I'm, I can't express this now. like I just really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. But, I, I, meh. <laughs> you
1: Did you know I what mean? I mean? Is it, what? After the film, I mean, I was it, we watched it late, so I was I was in bed thinking about it, which yeah. is the mark of something that I found really interesting. Yeah, you know, the 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 dumber the movie, the quicker I am to just forget about it. Yeah. Um, but even the, the there's a shot at the beginning which I remembered. Um, you you see the whole flashback. Yeah. Um, and she's running through a corridor, presumably to her daughter. Yes. Crashing, and the corridor is a is um. Uh, it's curved like oh, part right. of a circle sure and I thought there's probably imagery like that throughout the movie yeah
0: probably it would be nice to go back and rewatch. but then right. what you're really rewatching for is how the director filmed it which
1: is why at the beginning yeah. I wanted to highlight actually how it is well made and how yeah. the, the director also on the du- direction point well director slash editor I guess um, some of the shots are yes. held for a long time yeah and some of the scenes are very uh, very really. long that's it may annoy me a second time, but in the first time, when you've got that intrigue and that curiosity, mm. you're willing to sit through those wonderful shots with the music.
0: Yeah, it's a very confident.
1: Yeah, film. There you go. That's and a good way of feeling. There's,
0: there's a couple of uh, channels that I follow on YouTube. Um, Tony zoo's Every Frame of Painting and The Nerd Writer. Um, I like The Nerd Writer. I like them both. much have you not seen Every Frame of Painting? No, it's very good. Um, they're both very good. um The nerd writer did one on Arrival and I think it was called Arrival or Response to Bad Movies. I think it was called. And so he really loved it and he was talking about how well done it is. But these guys focus on the directing of films and the editing. And in that sense, I would agree with him. It's very well directed. The ideas in it are very well communicated um, and it's very impressive in that sense. It's very well done. But I would disagree that there's actually anything of substance being communicated. Um, so, uh, by the way, those two channels are really worth going on YouTube and watching.
1: Yeah, Nerdwriter watch also did a great... Uh, after you told me your fix for Passengers, Nerdwriter said exactly the same point. Yes, um, he did. Uh, and did his little yep. edit of it. Yes, he did. Um we never uploaded that passengers
0: one. It was the we never
1: recorded it. No, we did we? record it. Oh, it we was did. No, it was we part did, of the
0: ins- it was part of the inspiration one, but we redid the inspiration one because um, I uh, you were wrong. <laughs> I yeah. Okay. We used
1: bad exa- we we used incorrect examples really. But, yeah, uh, sometimes, it, yeah, sometimes yeah. Sometimes point look right was anyway, doesn't matter. Point. But was, they're very was good. They're very good. And yeah. his
0: arrival video is very interesting. Uh, and he's, I think, when he talks about this stuff, I'm like, wow, I do agree, like, it's very well shot. But the problem I have is that, um, fundamentally, these two guys, um, their focus is on directing. If I were to sit down and start talking about directing, I'd probably sound quite, um, uh, what's the word? Ignorant to people like them Sure. Uh, about directing, because I don't know, even I uh, probably a tenth of what they know about directing yeah. and editing yeah, yeah, yeah. principles. So when it comes to that stuff, I'm, it's very interesting, but... Uh, the Nerd writer when it came to *Rival* specifically he's talking about how those things communicate ideas and I, I think he's putting he's he's giving a weight to this film that it doesn't have because it's so well done yeah uh, so yeah the director did a really great job um, and I'm sure there's all kinds of amazing things in there on a the second view but uh, yeah it's, it's, it's lacking in substance but it's very heavy in intrigue
1: yeah nice segue let's do
0: it yeah so intrigue So here's the big difference between intrigue and curiosity. Curiosity is you want to know something. You have a question, you just want to know the answer to it, right? Um, And so most films you're just curious about how will this end. Intrigue is different. Intrigue is an involved curiosity where you're trying to solve the question. You're not just wanting to be told the answer, you're trying to crack the answer, right? And this is why I said your response to the riddle is perfect. Right? because it's the same response I had, which was I'm curious, I want to know what the answer is I'm not intrigued, I can't be bothered to work out the answer, it's too convoluted and it's too ridiculous a setup and premise, Ozu and Ulu and all this nonsense, like, it's too ridiculous I cannot be bothered to give this any real thought, it's not worth my time answer clicks. right, that's it so that's the difference between curiosity and intrigue, now curiosity Was that
1: the subtext of my answer, by the way?
0: Yeah, totally was, come on I, I, I like I had the same response, just like I can't be bothered, dude. I I can't that be bothered wasn't
1: to my exert. My, 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 I, you're
0: you're <laughs> thinking like you're thinking. Oh, I can't work this out. But at the same time, it's like that's that's what that means. Like I can't, <laughs> can't, no. So for example, you're watching an action film. You're not intrigued. You're curious. How will this end? And you want to know how it ends because you're excited and so on. Yeah. But you're not being t- sat trying to sat down and work it out. It's not frustration, right? Oh, <laughs> like sure. it is with that riddle. With Arrival, you're intrigued because what you're trying to do is you're trying to solve the answer. You're desperately trying to work out why the aliens are here and what they're saying. You want to work this out. However, it's a story. And a story, you don't want to give people the chance to stop and think. In a puzzle, you will give them a chance to stop and think. Mm. But in a story, no. In a story... As they're putting the pieces together, you are giving them more information and you're putting it together. Westworld. Yeah. So as they put it together, you are giving them the big thing just before they would put it together. And that creates that big rush of insight and that's paying off the intrigue and so on. So you have to know what your audience is thinking at every stage, right?
1: Which we talked about in the Westworld.
0: Exactly. And this is what Arrival does. Arrival does it really well. You are intrigued. You are not just curious. Yeah. You are properly intrigued throughout. You are sitting there and you, have known, you know exactly what you don't know, right? So you know what question you're supposed to be asking. You're not confused, right? Being confused is, I don't know what I don't know. That's confusion. Curiosity is, give me the answer. Yeah. Intrigue is, I want to try and work out this answer, but I want you to give me the answer Before I can get to it. And I want the answer to be better. But at the same time set up. So that as soon as you tell me the answer. I go of course. I basically work it out. It's a crazy feeling right. But that's. When you watch a murder mystery. That's what you want. Okay. They go he done it. And you go of course he done it because. And you see all the clues. Yeah. Um. So Arrival does that. You're trying to work out how are they speaking and then they explain to you this bit and they give you that bit and you go, of course, that's why they did the circle. Oh, she's remembering the past. Oh, I remember all the setups ups now. Now that makes sense. And so you're intrigue, 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 payoff, payoff, payoff. Yes, 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 yes. Then the ultimate payoff and you go, what? And then it just evaporates. Yeah. But up until that moment, it's very, very satisfying. It's really well done. In fact, there's... Here's how much I love Arrival, okay? Uh, again, one of these days I will do them. I will put my rewrites up. <laughs> but one of my rewrites for uh, Star Trek involved um, Hurra, Because what I wanted to see, and I've wanted to see for a long time, is someone actually going through the pains of what it takes to break down an alien language. One of my favorite characters in the Babylon 5 spin spin-off crusade is max Eilerson, who's an archaeologist and anthropologist and he there's an episode where he's trying to crack an alien language and the way he's cracking the language i'm like this is just brilliant this is such a cool puzzle how do you do this right yeah so i want you know i want and i thought like uhura's got this awesome job on the enterprise but no one ever gave her the time and so i've been waiting and waiting for a really good like linguistical sci-fi thing and i got it in Arrival, they finally did it. There's this great bit where Forrest Whitaker just says to Amy Adams, look, enough pussyfooting around teaching them basic words and stuff. Ask them why they're here. And she goes, okay, let me show you the problem with this. She writes on the whiteboard. That's my favorite scene in the, the movie. It's the best scene, right? Because I'm a word nerd. Yeah, so. it's my favorite scene in the movie. She just writes on the whiteboard uh, the question, which is, what is your purpose yeah. here, right? And then question mark. And she goes, okay, here's the problem. First of all, question mark. Do they know what a question is? Right? Let's say they do know a question. Then the other thing is, like, they have to know the difference between what, how, why, etc. Secondly, purpose. Are they instinctual beings? Or do they have high rational faculties? If they're just instinctual, then they won't ask why questions, and the word purpose doesn't mean anything. Then there's you and your. We have to separate the difference between your, plural, and you, singular. We don't care why one of them is here. We care about why all of them are here. Then we've got the problem of, we need to have enough of a vocabulary to know the answer they give us back. And Forrest Whitaker just goes, Okay, carry on. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is it. This is everything I love about like this kind of stuff. I love that. And when she breaks that down and you just go, okay, that is essentially, if you're doing a murder mystery, that's the equivalent of saying here are the clues. Yeah. Right? That's the crime scene thing. Like, hey, did you notice the dust on the body? The dust, there's dust on the body, but if he just died, why would there be dust on the body? Hmm. That, it's exactly that scene, but for alien languages. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you so much. I've waited 10 years for this scene, <laughs> it, and it hasn't disappointed me at all. It's perfect. Thank you. And so they're cracking the language, and you see how they're building like the circles to talk to them with the language, and it's everything. I'm just like, this is just really well done and so you're fully intrigued you're not just curious the
1: book that amy adams releases post alien visit that you see the front cover of i would read that book me
0: too (laughs) i would uh, yeah i totally want to read that book like if that was something that happened i'm like i will read this book yeah (laughs) i need to know about this book uh i just yeah i thought it was just i love that and so that's, so this is, that's an example of just how, so you see, I, you know,
1: I, I was bashing it earlier, but genuinely I really enjoyed the yeah. film. It's just, I can't at the same time, like, go away. The, um, I, I think you can, you, you can almost tell a, a good sci-fi movie from a bad sci-fi movie just by looking at how they handle exposition.
0: Yes. In fact, that's a great segue
1: oh <laughs> that's a great <laughs> uh, unintentionally.
0: segue that's a great segue yeah because <laughs> there's a good sci-fi movie and a bad sci-fi movie because yeah let's uh so my feeling after i saw arrival was okay there was problems with it but there's two sci-fi films that tried to be Arrival rival and failed
1: tried to be a rival before arrival
0: yeah and inter- interstellar and the martian and uh interstellar really is by the way Arrival really is. Oh, is it? It's pretty much the exact same premise. Did aliens you're... show up out of the blue that they've never met before. They go to meet them. The aliens can speak cyclically through time. They're non-linear. And they oh, give them the information that they need in order to save the aliens in the future. And all that is like, wait, what? However, unlike Arrival, which was very, very intelligent, Interstellar, he basically talks to his daughter through Morse code in a watch.
1: I heard about the watch thing. Here's my oh. problem with Interstellar is that I really, really wanted to watch it Don't and I still want to watch it. But every time it comes up, anybody I talk to is just like, no, it's just, almost
0: no. an hour longer than Arrival. The music, oh, I knew it was long. the music is worse because it's okay. The bit, the Arrival music that I liked, which is that ominous, yeah. wham, wham, that is Interstellar, except it's so loud. <laughs> and it's just like it's just like that and it's drowning over what we were talking about which was exposition which is really bad in the film we don't have time for relativity is an actual line in this film really yes Uh, And they're just sitting there and there's this bit where they're going, okay, we've got to go to this planet that's close to a black hole. But because it's close to the black hole, the way relativity works is time will act differently. So one hour on the planet will be seven years over here. So you've got to go down and get back really, really quickly and all that kind of stuff. And they they, they stumble on the planet and they get swept away from the ship and they have to go back to the ship to get on the thing. And so as a result, they take an extra 20 minutes and 20 years have passed by the time they get back to the ship. And it's just like oh jeez this is boring and so dull in exposition as they just go like let me explain the science and like it's as if Christopher Nolan sat a science, his science consultant down and went can you just give me the lecture and then just pres- just wrote it down as speech that they were supposed to have and then they talk about love in the same way and you're just like okay uh, why? Uh, I don't care
1: I don't I don't mean why did they do that in the movie I I really mean like how did this turn out to be such a bad movie when, when Nolan can clearly make a great film.
0: Because Nolan okay. I think Christopher Nolan seems like A a very nice man. He's a very good filmmaker. However, he and the guy who did the Martians, Ridley Scott, the two of them have the exact same problem.
1: Which is Which
0: is they are unimaginative And they believe that they, as directors, are supposed to write the film. And they cannot write. That is the problem with both of them.
1: Would you not say... If you look
0: at Ridley Scott and Christopher Nolan's films, right? The films they do that are really good, right? Are the ones in which they, as a director, got a really good screenplay. And because they had a great screenplay, their talent could come to the fore. And the screenplay spoke to ideas that they personally really, you know, are interested in. And they were able to, instead of originate work, interpret it. And they just pushed it up on the screen in the best possible way. And they made loads of brilliant choices. And as a result, they made these wonderful films.
1: Okay, for, for the record, yeah. favorite Scott films? Alien. Okay. It was amazing. And um, uh, Nolan? Dark oh, Knight, right? Course, yeah. Dark
0: Knight. Um, but when they have to come up but when they so get swept up in this cult of personality so Ridley Scott did Alien and Blade Runner okay yeah. Ridley Scott's bought the hype that the reason those two films are good are Ridley Scott no the reason those two films are good is because Ridley Scott managed to direct very very good stories by Dan O'Bannon and Philip K. Dick hmm. okay Ridley Scott did not come up with Blade Runner He did not come up with Alien, okay? But he was brilliant enough to go, we're going to get H.R. Geiger to do the set design Mm. for Alien. He was brilliant enough to do the most incredible cinematography and get Vangelis on to do Blade Runner, right? I'm, I'm not trying to insult these two men, right? I'm really not trying to insult them. I have a huge respect for them. But the reason they're producing bad films now is because of this whole feeling of, We're sci-fi directors. We've got to do high-concept science fiction. And they aren't Arthur C. Clarke. Stanley Kubrick adapted Arthur C. Clarke. Right? They're not... So Interstellar is Christopher Nolan trying to be Stanley Kubrick, but he's taking a Jerry Bruckheimer film. Like Armageddon.
1: Right.
0: Do you see what I mean? Like, Stanley Kubrick's brilliant, but if Stanley Kubrick just adapted a Jerry Bruckheimer film like Armageddon, it would still be Armageddon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... Uh, so these are the problems. So, so, Interstellar, the exposition, the the fundamental stupidity of the film. It's a very stupid premise. You know, you're talking. You're talking. The segue was exposition, right? The exposition of of uh, arrival. There's this great setup payoff. It's fair, and you get incredible insight into these characters and the world as it goes through as you go like, wow, that's how they think wow, that's this, and there's a progression and a progression and so on and it's just more and more interesting and unfortunately when it goes at the end, poof but up until then you're like, wow Interstellar, it's just exposition this is our problem, this is the next problem here's this thing, here's that thing oh, there's a time thing and it's just like, the ideas aren't even interesting the ideas are just so dull and cliche, and it's just there's nothing to it, and so, uh, so the exposition is handled badly, and uh, there's fundamentally nothing interesting in the ideas at all. So that's why when I say like in Stellar, it's just like it's it thinks it's a very smart thing because it uses relativity, yeah. but it's not. It's not smart. It's not intelligent. It's just someone who's parroting stuff they've read.
1: Just well. to stoke the 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 discussion slash argument. Um, mm. Would you say at least on Nolan's side, he is trying to do? Oh yeah, he's sincere. Weird and so wonderful So Scott, things. they're both sincere. No, I don't mean that they're not ins- not sincere. It's just okay. They're so, trying. So Scott's, you know, I th- I yeah, I feel there's a difference. So so the new Alien movies, for example. Yes. Huh. Yes. Um, but at least with Nolan, like, um, you know, Inception is trying to do something weird and wonderful, right? Yes. It's trying to be distinctly original
0: but so scott's trying to is trying to do stuff with alien that's original it's just not working he's trying he's not he's not like um i mean if you ask yourself before arrival who who was who was uh christopher nolan's competition before arrival
1: in terms of who who was
0: doing anything like Christopher Nolan? Who was trying to do anything like that? Okay, no one. Yeah, uh, Doug Jones was the only one who did Moon and Source Code.
1: Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. right.
0: Yeah. But uh, that's it. So you have Doug Jones, and he was uh, so you have Doug Jones and Christopher Nolan. That's it. Ridley Scott is doing it. That's you know. That's 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 the competition. M Night Shyamalan, you know, do you know what I mean. It's like they don't have competition, and so this director has come along. He's done this really good job. Now he's the the one who's carrying. So there's this real sense of people trying to carry on this tradition of high concept, serious sci-fi, uh, and to do it, you need you you you're promising the audience highly intellectual experiences, fantasy worlds, right. And so that means you need people who really get this. And the problem with Nolan is, is not that he's, he's not an idiot; he's a very smart man, clearly. But he has no imagination. He has no sense of wonder. And so it's it's just it's just very dull. See, that's almost. the
1: point where I disagree. When you word it like that, I think. Yeah, maybe the in wording set. is...
0: I mean, it's hard because I actually don't know him as a human being, right? Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm of trying course. to reinterpret it through the work I've seen in interviews. Yeah, yeah. And I, as I say, like, Chris Mullen, if he does a film, chances are I'll go see it because I actually, I, I, I respect him a lot. Uh, I mean, he made The Dark Knight, which was one of my favourite films, right? I really do. But, like, and same with Ridley Scott. Like, when I stop and think about how good Alien and Blade Runner are and then you look at the current thing and you hear their interviews and you're just like, dude, stop trying to write just stop get really great screenwriters and just direct them don't try and write and f- just focus your efforts on finding finished beautiful screenwriting uh, and don't try and get people to be your ghost writers which is what they do mm. because your ideas aren't even good enough like that's the problem Like the idea you have like Ridley Scott did not come up with anything to do with Alien or Blade Runner You know, Christopher Nolan did not invent Batman. He did not invent the Joker, right? That was was Heath Ledger's invention, and and it was not his. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But what these guys do is they're really great. They have taste. They know how to make good choices. They know how to choose the right actor. They know how to choose the right cinematography. They know how to choose these things properly. But they can't... They don't have good ideas. They don't have those great imaginations that they need in order to make these kinds of films. Which is why I'm kind of interested in Dunkirk because it's not it's just a war film, right? As far as I'm aware, so I want to see it. It's, the that's new, the new known no, one. Yeah, it's just a yeah. war film. It's like oh, this might be pretty cool, right? Mm. So it's that kind of. Do you see what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to be m- mean to them or anything. I'm, I, I, it just frustrates me because we could be having a renaissance of science fiction if these directors and I think the guy did Arrival. You know, you could add him to that camp probably understood that this, it's the story that makes their film and the premises and that they are not science fiction writers and that they need to find really great science fiction and then if they do that then all their, these choices that they make should hopefully make wonderful films from that because The, the Martian the problem with The Martian again is it's just exposition there's yeah. no turning points in that film it's just Matt Damon goes I'm going to do this thing gets very technical, and you go, ooh, that's interesting, then he does it. And there's no turning point. Whereas in Arrival, they go, here's the situation. You go, whoa, what's the solution to that? And then they do X, and sometimes it's the right thing, and sometimes it's the wrong thing, and turning points happen. That progress the problem. And then they have to work more, and they work harder to find the next bit of the solution and so on. Whereas the Martian is just like, I'm going to grow some potatoes. You grow some potatoes. And it's like, here's how growing potatoes is really difficult on Mars. And You go, yeah, it would be pretty difficult on Mars. And that's the film. And it's like, I, it's very, it's a, it, it extrapolated
1: it, from that little that little clip. Your entire conversation with the movie whilst you're watching it. Yeah. It's just that, like, that was it. yeah, that would be very interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, that's the. Whole, I
0: remember watching the film, going like, you. There is a scene, right, coming. Look, there's a turning point <laughs> happening then like the potato farm explodes I'm like okay and 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 then at the end he does the Iron Man thing and I'm like okay fine and it's just and then the, oh yeah there's the deus ex machina the plot rocket yeah, the plot rocket and all I that stuff I love the plot rocket jeez oh, and so just like this is knows, and I'm just sitting there going like look, the, the the research is really interesting okay it's saying you know in fact that's I guess, you know I guess that's the the big thing for both Interstellar and, um, and Martian that Arrival doesn't do, which is it doesn't confuse technical research, <laughs> right, <laughs> for actual knowledge, <laughs> right? Which is that they've researched how Mars works. Great. And what does that mean? How are you going to turn that into a story?
1: Yeah.
0: And Arrival, it turns it into a story. Um, but... How would an alien yeah. language work? I mean, really, the the story. best sort of one of these sci-fi films that we've had in the last 10 years is Gravity. Sure. Right? I would yeah. think it's the best one. Arrival almost was. Yeah. If it had a really great ending, Arrival could have taken that. But Gravity, for me, is the best one because it has all those interesting things of what it... You know, the technical aspects and the research needed to be someone in space and do all those things. I mean, it has its big gimmick of the storm yeah. in space. But other than that it's pretty much that and it's done really well it's about Sandra Bullock being suicidal and all those things it does and it's just great exciting uh powerful work and it does it and it, you just you get it and it's wonderful arrival promise that the end kind of just falls apart because there's nothing there interstellar and the martian they try to do these things but they just get bogged down in minutiae and trivialities and that's you know that's the big problem it's like they get bogged down in the sort of the dull, humdrum, technical research of things, unaware that while that stuff is actually very interesting, if that's the kind of thing you're interested in, it's, it's a lecture. And it's not, it's not a story. It doesn't really mean anything. Like, what does my knowledge of how hard it is to grow potatoes on, on Mars... like, I, What's that going to do? The, 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 the way relativity works on a planet that's near a black hole what's that got to do with anything whereas the alien language thing you you know you're watching that and you go how do you solve the problem of language just at all and it becomes much more interesting as a result
1: mm. anyway okay so let's talk summary then okay um what's the best way to do this i think just boil this down to the question what do we learn from all this well
0: what do we learn from all this you know, what's interesting is how much credit you give a rival. Like, how f- how long that film goes without you being able to tell anything about what's at stake in the story or what the spine of action is. Uh, people have said, like, the first hour, like, nothing really happens. It's, it seems really aimless and sprawling. And it's true. But you give credit. Give it that because you know you know as soon as the alien purpose is revealed, the story is going to make sense. Yes. And so you're giving it so much credit because you can tell. They're giving you clues, but you don't even know what the puzzle's supposed to look like at the end of this book. You've been given clues, and you're waiting for the payoff, and the payoff comes, and intellectually it makes sense, but emotionally it has no weight. And substantively it has no weight and you realize that it's just sort of there's nothing there and so uh, I guess what we should take away is that a great idea you know an imagination the technicalities all that research that Arrival did which they did it a really they did very very well and the Martian did it and Stella did it uh, but the difference is Arrival makes it worth your time for the vast majority of the film. And yeah. then at the end, falls apart. Whereas The Martian and Stellar, it's just not worth your time. Um, and so how do you make it worth your time? And that means you have to give it substance, which means values at stake, a spine of action. When I say at stake, by the way, I don't mean everyone's going to die. I don't mean that. You know, uh, you could just make it be that um, it could be very small, the stakes. That's That's not what I mean. By stakes. I don't you, think could,
1: you could rewrite Arrival and make it purely about her internal struggle.
0: Yeah. And have it be all about that. Yeah. And that could be fine. Yeah. Um, so it's not about that. It's just um, it, it you know the, 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 the film fundamentally doesn't have any sort of emotional or substantive payoff to it. It's just sort of a thought experiment. And it's interesting as that goes but it's just too intellectualised. And while at first it's very interesting because you're you're giving it a lot of credit because you think the payoff is coming and it's done very well so it's it doesn't ultimately pay off so it's just that thing of an idea and research it's it's not enough you actually have to generate story and story is not just ideas and um, and uh, thought experiments
1: is it fi- about finding that value finding that spine of action?
0: Yeah, a story without spine of action and without values at stake can't have any real meaning.
1: Which is ultimately yeah. the sticking point. Yeah,
0: stories have meaning because they explain how and why life changes. And if there's no values at stake and there's no spine of action, by definition nothing is changing. Right. So you can't so arrival and Interstellar and Martian kind of get really hung up on 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 sort of the, me- the mechanisms of how life could change, but they kind of forget to change life.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you know yeah. what I mean? Right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of stories, sometimes they don't have anything, uh, 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 that, that you know, they, they have all these values, but fundamentally how they change the story is really dull. You know, good triumphs. Why? Because good's stronger than bad or whatever. You know, that's like the majority of action stories or whatever. Whereas um, in this one, it's nothing has changed like what value has changed in her life what did she want that she what did she lose i mean she lost the child at the beginning of the story so her losing it isn't a thing that happens she already yeah. lost it yeah. she gained a child she had a child at the be- what does she lose what does she gain self awareness i mean i is that what i mean, it's like there's the values of this film it has no values and there's no real spine of action it turns out but you don't notice And it's very well done So you forgive it I guess Because the puzzle is Yeah, yeah is it's, cool. it's interesting enough I mean if, if you're going to do The thought experiment Arrival is a very interesting Thought experiment Martian is not a particularly Interesting thought experiment yeah. And Stellar is not A particularly interesting Thought experiment So it's, I guess that's the thing To take away right Which is you know The stories express How and why life changes they not thought experiment
1: Okay That's it That's it
0: Okay Have we arrived at the end?
1: Um, I'm out. Yeah.
0: Bye.